Chill out, Cranky. I'm listening to Virtual Theater's new Patreon series, Banana Slamma, which follows my adventures in the animated Donkey Kong Country cartoon show. They're reviewing each episode. It's bodacious! Virtual what now? What's a Patreon? Dude, Virtual Theater is a podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. And with Patreon, you get tons of extra content and bonus shows for only one dollar whoa not only do they show up on patreon but they also have shows on every episode of both captain n and the zelda cartoon captain n the zelda cartoon i heard those shows were as awful as your cartoon honestly these whippersnappers today don't know how to make a good show anymore back in my day we had real heroes that didn't need a Patreon to sell tickets and- Gotta go, Cranky. Candy's coming over to watch Banana Slamma from Virtual Theater. Catch you on the flip side. Subscribe now to Virtual Theater's Patreon for only $1 to get Banana Slamma, Zelda, Captain N, bonus shows, early access episodes, and so much more. Virtual Theater, the podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them, available wherever you get your podcasts. everyone and welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spiteri, returning after a week off from Zelda last week. Uh, and I'm joined not by <laughs> Dak or Doom, but by my pal Gooey Fame. Goo, what is up? It was a big week for us uh, Zelda folk last week, was it not? Yeah. Yeah, you took a week off. I'm still playing this thing. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta go be playing that right now. I know. I So on Thursday... <laughs> Let me tell you a story really quickly. On Thursday, okay, I, I came home from work. It was like a long, stressful day. And then I had to, to get my car uh, taken in to get some work done. I, I told you a couple weeks ago I had some issues, and they're, they're still working on it. So I had to take my car in. And then I had to go to my sister, who's having twins, her gender reveal party on a Thursday night for some reason. So I got back home. It's like 10 o'clock. And I'm like, I have not played Zelda at all today. And I was like, I was so angry <laughs> like everything. That's probably not healthy. No, no, no definitely no. not. No. I, uh, yeah, I'm, like, starting to feel like, yeah, I was, like, I need to, like, maybe slow down on this or something, but yeah. it's all I want to do right now is play the game. I know, and, like, Sam was, like, it's so nice, we should go outside, like, do you want to go for a bike ride? And I was, like, no, I want to play Zelda in my basement in whatever what is plus 30 <laughs> so uh no it, it's been really fun tears of the kingdom is uh i mean it's amazing so far like it's it, it's mm-hmm. more breath of the wild but it's not like that's a bad thing and, and in fact it's like such a it's like an expansion of breath of the wild almost or like breath of the wild maybe as it should have been in in some weird ways it's it's <laughs> amazing it's super fun 
So yeah. Yeah, we were we were talking beforehand about, you know, um how similar it feels and for me the big thing the big difference maker is that uh another thing we were talking about is that there's so many side quests and the world like the way the world develops and the, yeah. the they really improve the world of the game and so i never really had a problem with you know like the diff- like the big departure the breath of the wild took mm. like compared to some other Zelda fans or whatever, but right. the the thing that I felt like it lacked a little bit was like like filling out the world a little bit more. And now I'm just like I just love it. I love doing all the side quests. Mm-hmm. I know you know I I love like just hanging out in this game <laughs> and in this world and yeah. rolling Koroks down hills and crap like that. I just I'm so into it. I don't know. We'll see if it. I'm still like part of me still feels like. You know, maybe that feeling out it'll run out of gas or something, but I think uh, I think it's got a lot in the tank before it runs out of gas. I'll it does, yeah. yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So so very fun. I'm sure a lot of, uh, of of our listeners here have also been enjoying Zelda. If you if you haven't uh, and and you had some concerns that maybe this was just more Breath of the Wild, I don't know that I could tell you that you were wrong, but I think like more Breath of the Wild is not a bad thing whatsoever. So. I would check it out. It's it's very very fun, um, and I wanted to give a uh, a special shout out to our man Duminal Crossing, who is not here this week, but our guy is graduating with honors this week. And in fact, maybe as we speak, like I, I want to say his thing was on Saturday, so uh, he's gonna be wow. he's gonna be graduated and uh, and all grown up. So uh, shout out to you, Doom, and congrats, buddy. Uh, well earned. Um, congrats. Yeah. Okay. So. Goo, I am stoked actually to be to be recording this episode because we had we had originally done our last alien review towards the tail end of of 2022 and of course we did um Alien 3 which was kind of like Ripley's last hurrah in a sense but but not really um and we had planned to you know we planned to continue our saga continue our journey into these this alien franchise and then Metroid Prime Remastered came out kind of delayed everything a little bit there but we're finally back now, and we're here to to finish Ripley's story. This is it for Ripley. This is her last ride. So lots of lots of really like oh, yeah. great things. I was telling you before we started, like maybe I've never seen this. I thought I had seen it when I was like uh, like very young, like maybe like twelve, thirteen, or mm-hmm. something like that. But like I was watching this movie, and I was just like, I don't really remember that. I don't really remember that. I don't really remember this. I did remember the end. Of course, but um, yeah, I, I was like, it was almost like watching a new movie for me for the first time, and maybe it was, I don't know, but I was, mm. I was, I came away with a takeaway um, that I, I think I want to share in a little bit here, but in a lot of ways to me, this was the most Metroidy alien film, it, 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 except for like maybe the first, I guess, but like. I, I picked up on, like, a bunch of different <laughs> Metroid things in this game, or, uh, I'm sorry, in this movie that I wanted to talk about, but, I mean, just generally speaking, sure. overall thoughts on, on Alien Resurrection, it's, it's uh you know, considered the worst of the three, for sure, or, I'm sorry, the worst of the four, I think, by most mm-hmm. people. I would uh, be curious to see, be curious to see what your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, may- yeah, probably. I feel like, um... Because we also watched, we talked about, we watched, like, the assembly cut of the third one. 
and there's some there's some like something about the third one that does feel like uh incomplete or something maybe that's just knowing too much about how it was made um but i feel like overall it works better for me whereas this one like i feel like um the last time i watched it like a year ago i was like this is horrible and then watching it this time i I, like i was like oh i can appreciate some elements of this but like overall it doesn't it doesn't work for me as well I, i i can't quite say what it is though Okay, I, I think I'm gonna go ahead and, and say my Metroidy comparison because I okay. I felt I felt the same, <laughs> and I want to preface this with like, um, so this this movie, I think like the core premise is cool. Like I think it's a cool idea. Like the the mm-hmm. original idea of of the of the movie, and like there's enough like kind of cool things in here that makes me. Not like I don't. I didn't hate the movie at all, but like it also, for me, it was it was definitely the weakest of the four, and it was the most strange of the four in like tone. It seemed like a very weird kind of tone, and and I kept thinking to myself, and I kept thinking to myself, I was like, this reminds me of a Metroid game, and that Metroid game is Other M. It really, oh, okay. it really reminds me of Metroid Other M because like there's a lot of of like similar themes and stuff like that where like you know obviously the theme of of motherhood is ran through almost the entire uh film franchise but like it's very very prevalent in this movie even more so i would say than the last couple ones um which kind of reminds me of of samus kind of in metroid other m lamenting almost like a same kind of predicament like her her baby which was the the baby metroid and like you know, it's a, you know, quote unquote monster. And like, you kind of have a similar thing in this movie. I feel like the, the squad that they have assembled, like with their, like their kind of dorky dialogue and weird lines and just like, it's, it's kind of all over the place is like very reminiscent to me of, of Metroid other M. Um, the way that like, the way that there's just like stuff in this movie that doesn't, it's not that it doesn't pay off, but it like, it's just, it's just weird. It's got a weird vibe to it, and I feel like that vibe, like it just really reminded me of Metroid Other M, for for better mm-hmm. or for you know mo- mostly for worse. Um, so I I really came away thinking that this was like very very Other M esque. Have you you've okay. probably never played that game, have you, Goo? <clears throat> no, no. I remember. Yeah, I remember like the advertisements and stuff, and like being kind of excited about it because I hadn't played a lot of Metroid. But I was like, "Ooh, new Metroid game!" And then I remember it came out and it like bombed, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I won't mm-hmm. try it." Um, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> it it bombed. Well, like it it did bomb. I mean, it was is a weird game to play, first of all. But like the story was also very weird. And another thing that really reminded me of of uh, Other M in this movie was like Other M was like a very weird depiction of samus like not consistent with other depictions of her and and i wouldn't quite go so as far as to say that like ripley wasn't consistent with like other versions of her but and she's she's clearly like she's a clone in this movie so she shouldn't be but like ripley ripley was off and i wasn't able to quite put my finger on it and i don't know if you felt that way so there that's one of the things that i kind of like about it i don't know how much this was intended but it sort of feels like like each you know we, like people talk about all the time how uh people didn't like um 
what happens with uh, Newt, you know, from two right. to three. Yeah. And I was thinking about in each one, like, Ripley goes through this thing, survives, and then, like, is kind of, is always forced to, like, re-experience, like, this traumatic event. Like, there's never going to be a happy ending. <laughs> it's kind of grim when you start to take stock of uh, her life and her character's arc. Mm-hmm. And in the last one, she heroic sacrifice, like, you know, it's like this amazing sacrifice, the end of her. But it's another sequel, and we got to bring her back. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, here's a way you can do it. It's, a, you know, it, it's whatever. That's cool. But uh, it almost feels like, like, there's something off about her, and they talk about how she's kind of a monster. It's like, it's almost like meta to me of, like, the idea of, like, we have to keep resurrecting you uh, <laughs> until you're like this. Uh, and, and like, you know, this character. Ha- and I'm not saying, like, the character keeps having to, like, re-experience these, these, these things until at, at some point, like, she almost becomes, like, you know, like, uh, so much of her character is informed by, like, all this horrific stuff she has to experience and mm. re-experience to this point where she's, like, she's, like, completely she's like been completely morphed into something else and it kind of reminded me i think um you might see this is uh this feels like maybe it's part of the inspiration or something picked up along the way for the alice character in the resident evil series yeah where it's just i can like, see that connection <clears throat> where it's like she's cloned superhuman killing off different versions of herself at, to the point where she's like a super weapon <laughs> or whatever like that's what I got from uh, Ripley in this. Like, like this Ripley was definitely like the most like superhero esque version of of Ripley, like for sure. And and actually, I thought I was gonna hate that, but I I don't quite because I think the explanation with like the cloning is like good enough for it. And I do think that like there's only there's only like so many times like an average human could probably escape these these xenomorphs. <laughs> um, so so well, I I didn't just... hate that. It gives her character, though, too, like, what's off about her, and I don't know if they do fully a good job of getting it across other than when they outright say it, but, like, they're sort. she's sort of, like, um, not cynical, I don't know what the right word is, but, like, she doesn't really have, like... I think, it, yeah, I think feel- it is cynical, yeah, because, like, there's multiple feelings times towards she- any of them, you know? I'm glad you brought that up, because there's, like, a cool line where she's just, like you're all gonna die it's inevitable like she sounds like thanos when she says that and i i kind of thought i was like this would be really i thought the red queen (laughs) yeah i was like this would be really engaging if like ripley was like kind of quasi bad guy and like you kind of have like the new heroine that can stand up to her there in uh Mm -hmm. in winona Ryder and her character and i thought maybe that's where they were going with it and um they they didn't really get there um, unfortunately, but I thought that that would have been really cool and engaging. But I, I think the thing was for me with Ripley that just felt off is it was like, we've cloned you. Um, you, they kind of gave like some fakakta reason for her to like have her memories back because of like genetic memory of like the xenomorph. And I was like, okay, sure. like w- whatever. <laughs> um, but it, it did. I, I think for me, maybe I would have liked to have seen more of like a, um, I don't even know how to put this. Like, like it was Ripley, but this I feel like this should have been like a very different Ripley. Like not not immediately like the same kind of Ripley. Like maybe have those other elements. Like when when she started off, like and she's like 
you're all dead. Like, it's inevitable. I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, this is a different... But then she just slid into, like, her familiar heroic role. Which, I mean, like, we love her in. And she's amazing. Mm-hmm. But, I, I don't know. I was I was kind of like... Maybe that's what I thought was a little bit off about Ripley. I feel like she wasn't all... Because they kept being like, oh, like, can we even trust her? You know, they were trying to yeah. be like, she's not fully uh, human or whatever, you know. But it didn't... It didn't necessarily always work, I guess. Yeah, I, I think so. There was there's a lot of weird parts in there. Um, mm-hmm. So before we get into the movie itself, I also want to talk about some other Metroid-related uh, instances that, that I kind of felt. And Goo, I don't know, have you had a chance yet to play Metroid Fusion? No, I mean, so you mentioned earlier, actually, I, I wanted to shout out, I'm happy uh, that they got the Metroid Prime remake on Switch. Uh I mentioned the last time I was on that I was finishing up. I finished Super Metroid, mm-hmm. and I think um, you know right now there's Tears of the Kingdom yeah. uh, and all that. But I want to eventually get to uh, that Prime remake. I'm so excited, and then uh, Metroid Fusion as well on NSO. I'm gonna get to as well. I'm pretty pumped to play both those games. Yeah, so I think first of all, congrats on finishing Super Metroid and uh wonderful game (laughs) yes amazing and and second of all i think that there's a lot of like very heavy metroid fusion elements in this as well um and obviously like this came up before metroid fusion but like in in metroid fusion you kind of have a similar kind of scenario where the galactic federation who is almost like you know a stand-in for Waylon yutani even though Waylon yutani is not in this movie but like it's clearly like some kind of evil corporation i think they're the military or whatever in this movie but like the galactic federation Mm -hmm. is engaging in these experiments to breed and control metroids which only samus knows is like incredibly futile because you can't like there's just no way that you can control them and they and during the course of metroid fusion you kind of uh learn about the x parasite and the the galactic federation wants to control that as well and that's where samus draws the line she's like this is insanity like you you'll never control these creatures they're going to wipe you out um, which I think is a, a quite obvious parallel to this movie where, you know, they have like these these creepy xenomorph breeding rooms where they've got these poor blokes that mm-hmm. have been kidnapped and Im- impregnated with the facehuggers and like they're they're breeding xenomorphs, um, which, which I love the shot of all scene. their heads. Oh, my all God. The heads was, yeah. Yeah. That was really cool, I thought. Oh, that there's some really cool shots in this movie, by the way. Like, really cool that I want to talk about. But, like, that to me, I was like, that's very Metroid Fusion-esque. Where, like, there's, you know, there's this uh, this nefarious plot kind of going on that you know is going to backfire. But they're, you know, it's happening anyways. So, very, um, very strong parallels there, there as well. And there was a point in the movie, too, where I thought that they might go the Metroid uh, 2 Return of Samus Road. Because they were like, how many Xenomorphs are there? And they were like, there's 12. And I was like, yes, we're going to get them hunting down like 12 Xenomorphs. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and then it, and when there's one left, it's going to go back up to 10 because the queen's given birth to all these new Xenomorphs. Oh my God. <laughs> which uh, we didn't go there, but I thought that was pretty cool. No, no, I, I also thought maybe we did we talk about this in other um, episodes, but it, it stuck out to me even more here where doesn't Samus... Like it get it gets like the Metroid DNA or something yeah. DNA, right? Yeah, like the end that's of Metroid Dread. Y- you're right. Yeah, that um. Oh, <laughs> I think we talked about that in the other episodes, but that really sort of parallel crossed over to me here because yeah. of like 
the whole like she's a clone and i don't know yeah <laughs> it stuck out to me um yeah it, it, i mean it stuck out to me as well like and, and like i said like the like there there are very very overt themes of like motherhood here that that run throughout the whole movie and like you know they uh i mean they literally take the queen because uh, Ripley, if you remember, at the end of Alien Three, was was housing a a queen uh, xenomorph inside of her, but she, and that's when she threw herself into the lava. So they took the queen out of her. So they, this queen is is like her baby, and there's uh, there's another wild scene which we'll get to in a bit. But oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> like it's it's very Metroid is a little bit more subtle, and ha- I guess I guess having the dread suit wasn't that subtle with the mixing of like the DNA and stuff like that. But this was just like very like very on the nose about it, and not in a bad way either. Just just that's what they decided to do. I feel like it's taking certain themes from the other movies and just taking them to their most like extreme. Yeah. Like some Alien has always been. It's been nasty <laughs> from the beginning, but this is like they're like really getting pretty gnarly in this one. Yeah, um, there's, and there's yeah. some good body horror in this movie for sure. <laughs> Looks far Ugh, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, so so yeah, so that's uh, that's all the Metroid connections that that I notice in this. And to be honest with you guys, I wasn't expecting as much like connective tissue to the Metroid series anymore. I knew the first two movies had a lot. I don't think that, you know, when we did Alien 3, it wasn't like there was a ton of those same kind of themes that we'd seen in Metroid games. So I was I was expecting that to continue with this. But I, I did really see a lot of, like, Other M specifically in this movie and just kind of the way that it's kind of weird and goofy and, and dorky and <laughs> just, like, the, the premise is cool, but, like, the execution isn't always there. Uh, maybe that's just, like, me inferring, but, like... It, it did it did give me other M kind of vibes, so take that for what you will if you decide to watch this or not. And I think you should. Like I think it's I think it's worth watching. I I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. Um okay, let's talk <laughs> let's talk about this movie itself. So first of all, the movie is set two hundred years in the future. So it's set two hundred years after <laughs> the events of Alien Three. Uh so Ripley so actually Ripley is not in this movie because Ripley is dead, but Ripley eight, who is is our Ripley in this movie, is a clone. The eighth clone, as the name uh, suggests. And um, she's like the perfect Rick- Ripley, basically. She has like all the memories. She has like the physical strength and attributes. She has, uh, she's not like deformed or anything like that, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, good at basketball. She's good at basketball. Oh, man, she's great at basketball. She made Ron Perlman look like a goof. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, like this is, they kind of hit the home run and they were able to get the, the queen out of her and actually um, incubate it and, and get it to maturity. So kind of a cool, uh, kind of a cool scenario here and setup for them. And we in fact learn, I loved this line, man. It's not Waylon Utani that's pulling the strings. It's uh, some military operation because Waylon Utani was bought out by Walmart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good detail. Yeah. I was like, I was like, Man, just give us Waylon Utani, man. Like, come on, like <laughs> bought out by Walmart, really? Well, then they had, then they had. Um, this though was just um, like the government or whatever. The United um, Systems Military USM. And that's one thing that's like, uh, it um, 
so in the other ones you have sort of a dynamic you always have like the power dynamics or like who's Mm -hmm. in control of the situation it'll be like ripley um or the military or the corporation that's overseeing it because they they kind of have her consulting yeah and in this you have it's more of like you have um the government ripley and then uh like these like pirates or whatever they are yeah um maybe that's another metroid connection we've got some uh, space space pirates pirates. (laughs) um and for what like i think it's just in this beginning portion here of how they set up the whole like what's going on here um that like it's one where i'm like i'm just really i don't get like kind of as hooked on that dynamic as much as i do in Mm -hmm. really any of the other three movies um you know the pirates show up and they're you know they're cursing at the military and arguing and and it's fun it's a little funny but i'm like it's almost it's almost like yeah i i really don't care (laughs) that much I, I I agree. Like, I do think that this loses something by not having, like, Waylon Yutani or, like, some kind of analogy for, like, a corporation that, that places value on this, like, extremely dangerous commodity over, like, human life. Because I think that that was, like, a big driver of, like, the first three Alien movies, for sure, where it was just kind of, like... It was it was almost like uh, like an analogy for, like, corporate greed in, in, a, in a sense. And, like, I guess you could kind of make the case it's, like, you know, government greed or military greed in this one, which are probably as, you know, uh, oh, yeah, fair yeah. or prevalent. But I, I do think it kind of does lose a little something by not having Waylon Yutani. I feel like, and the movie's not that long, too, so maybe mm. it is, like, a decent portion of the movie. But I feel like when shit really starts to hit the fan, <laughs> uh, um, like, most of, like, the... It's, it's, like, mostly Ripley and then, like, the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... Most of the military guys kind of get taken care of early on, and you don't really have as much of that dynamic, other than the fact they do kind of introduce uh, the little twist with uh, Winona Ryder's character, which kind of adds then a whole new element to it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It it doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't have me as locked in with what's going on. Like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when, you know, these two buttheads or whatever you know yeah i would uh i would also say too that like i thought that the the group of mercenaries or pirates was like you know i I mean it's your typical cast of like kind of stock characters that that alien gives you and like they're kind of there to be eaten by the monsters um but i but i would say to that like i was uh a little bit disappointed with like the the deaths or maybe the lack thereof in this movie like a lot of people made it to the finish line, and the and the people that didn't, I don't think there was like a really awesome. There actually, I take that back. There was one really awesome death scene, um, but like there wasn't there like was a few. There wasn't like, like a ton, I don't think. And I think I had that same complaint in Alien Three, didn't I? Maybe, maybe it was Alien. I actually, one of them. I feel like in it was probably Alien Three, um, but I feel like in this one, it. There, it's just more gnarly at times than Alien Three. That I was like, it kind of satisfied some of the the bloodlust <laughs> that I had watching it. I was like, oof, you know. There was a few that I can think of. I can only think of of one. Uh, well, I okay. okay, I can think of two. What's yours? But uh, we'll we'll get there. I want to save it till, okay, okay, till we okay. actually get there. Um, but yeah, so that that's pretty much the premise of the whole movie. Is like the. Uh, 
you know, the the USM is uh, is cloning Ripley. So Ripley Eight is our hero. Two hundred years in the future, they're also got a, a xenomorph breeding experiment going on. They have a queen captive, and they have um, they have the aliens captive as well. While at the same time, so what the what the pirates were doing is they were smuggling over the the egg sacs from uh, God, what's the planet that the alien was originally found on, like LV four eighty six or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I, I feel like a schmo for not knowing that. Anyways, so they're uh. smuggling them over from the planet. So they're bringing them the egg sacs, which I was like, should the queen be able to make those? But uh, I guess maybe they wanted more. I don't know. There's um, something I with a lot of the like, how does this work stuff in this? I was like, I, I you know, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I just kind of. Um, so did. yeah, so and and what they did too is they, or maybe I got that wrong. Maybe they abducted. Yeah, they abducted the humans. So they abducted the humans for the queen's face huggers that's right they're okay. they're they're, sure, they're a bad group man these pi- these pirates you kind of they kind of deserve what's coming to them yes <laughs> so as a group too i i, I want to say um it's it's getting it's gone further and further each one like one i feel like one of the themes of each of the movies is like is like ripley as a character like being like a woman in these very like masculine Mm -hmm. situations like in the first one it's not as prominent because they're kind of a working ship but she's one of only two women there then in the second one like there's there's still like there's a woman uh, in the marines but it you you know before they're going in they're doing all their macho machismo environment very machismo then in the third one they take it even further it's like this really weird cult of like incel cult or whatever um and then in this one it's like the nastiest like these guys are are disgusting (laughs) they they really are like yeah they're 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 gross (laughs) and uh one of my critiques is like there's almost like not a single likable person in this movie except for maybe winona ryder mm -hmm. um but I, like even Ripley, sometimes to me, I was like, uh, you know, when she's just like, and and not that she wasn't unlikable, but she had, like I said, like I felt like she just felt off. But like, dude, other like other than Winona, like everyone in here was like a complete scumbag, mm-hmm. and I was like, I kind of hope they don't make it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, and I think that's kind that's supposed to be like a feature of the movie. Like that seems intentional. Yeah, a it, bit, I mean but, it must be. Uh but yeah, like it didn't have anyone quite like uh what was the the one guy with the glasses in the last one? The bald the bald black dude, I oh, think was uh, kind of the leader. I don't remember. He, had kinda, he, he was awesome. You had kind of him where you were like you were like sort of rooting for him in some ways, you know what I mean? But you, you could tell yeah. he has like this pretty messed up past it, you know. Yeah. Um this it's like and I, I like I said, I think it's I think same thing with the cloning Ripley. I think it is like the most, uh, like cynical or whatever. T- like it's kind of the most pessimistic take on all this, where it's like the. I think it's supposed to be like this is the, the grossest <laughs> version. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it does. Yeah, it does make it like there was. Like I said, that with the dynamics, where it really, it just kind of felt at some point by the end, it really just felt like, um, you know, Ripley and on Winona Ryder versus them, <clears throat> yeah. which is what they're going for. But it made it, I don't know. It made it a little less 
you know, dynamic when you had like different people vying for well, power, I guess. And that, that's that was kind of my thing too. Is like I was like, I, I think very clearly, like Winona and Ripley are like the kind of like the moral compass of the, uh, specifically Winona Ryder. Her character Call was like the moral compass of of the movie. Which at the end of the movie, it shows a scene where it's just like Ripley and Winona, and it, the two of them have made it. But like, you also have all these super other scummy guys that also made it as well. So it's I don't know. I not that I, I like my I I don't think my bloodlust was was quite fulfilled. Like I would have liked <laughs> sure. to see, especially Ron Perlman. Like that guy was so gross. Like he yeah, he yeah, was he, begging and, to get his face ripped apart by like that uh, would have been a fun yeah. Yeah, it's also like it's not like, like who cares if they're still alive, you know? Why would I, yeah, I don't know. I like we'll never I think see they him again. They should have killed the most people. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think so right. too, yeah. Um but they didn't. So there you go. Um okay, so so obviously things start to go wrong pretty much right away. And oh my god. First of all, I I have to go back to the scene where they were explaining how like Ripley has all her memories and stuff like that and like the guy in charge, the the general or whatever. He was such a goober like just with his little salutes and his, like, he was, he was, like, he so was, ridiculous. I love this actor. He was awesome. Yeah. That, that was one, that was one key thing. I feel like he should have been one of the people, not to survive, but, like, Make he it should, I feel like, like, because then you just had one of the other doctors who was, like, kind of from that base, and I feel like, yeah, he, he, he was interesting, but I feel like the general would have added to the dynamic, but it also... <laughs> Um, fits, I feel like thematically it reminds me of in Aliens, where it's like they spend all this time doing all this macho bravado, but then they like instantly get torn apart, you know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. the general biting it totally fits that, where, you know, this whole time he's Man. he's just this hard dickhead, you know? <laughs> like, this, dude, just the scene where he was like, where they were explaining to him, like, Ripley's got all her memories, he was so, like, he was just being such a goof. I it was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Actually, it was just so over the top. And uh, actually, one of the guys he was talking to um, is is a, is a favorite of ours, and I know a favorite of yours, uh, Doctor Jonathan Giedman, who was played by uh, Brad Dorif, who he was yes. awesome. <laughs> he was he, awesome in this movie. He's always such a good, like slimy. He, yeah, I mean, the end part with him is so awesome. I, I saw him show up, and I didn't know he was in this movie, and I was like, I hope that he has, like, a really cool role, and I was not disappointed, because I, oh I knew you'd be on the lookout for what, what he was doing. He was awesome. So, so, he was the best, he's literally the best casting in the whole movie. Yeah. Like, he, he fits his role to a T. When he another no, that's another one. It's like he should have been in it more. I, 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 mean, I know his part was cool, but his part was great. And so, like his character, uh, he he's just a minor character. He's he's a scientist that's working on the uh, the xenomorph experiment. But he like falls in love with the xenomorph, and he starts to, like deify them. And uh, he gets he gets kind of taken away pretty early on in the movie. And at the later you know, portions, he's just like in his I, little cocoon. Like wow, oh, great job, it, queen. Just the net, and he's like loving it. Yeah, he's loving it. The thing bites his head, and he's like, "Great, yeah, good stuff." I love that. That character exists in multiple uh, alien movies, like the like the one who's like really into it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought usually uh, I thought it's it like great. a robot or something, but <laughs> he's just a freak. Yeah, if, you know what? If that, you need a good freak, you got to call Brad Dura for that. You did. My my quick pitch is that when all this stuff starts to break out. 
They should have just in, initially just killed all of the bounty hunters but Ron Perlman. Like, no offense to them, but I feel like that... Yeah, like, when in Aliens, where, like, a ton of... Like, mm-hmm. there's a moment where a bunch of them get taken out right away. And yeah. I would have kept, like, the general Brad Dorf, like, those characters with Ron Perlman around more. Because then you have kind of... They're all acting as, like, their own... They all have kind of their own motivations, I guess you could say. Yeah, I would agree. So, looking at the, the cast of Mercenaries, I think I would have... Um... I think I would have got rid of almost everyone quickly, except for Ron Perlman and except for um, God, the character who was paraplegic. I, I thought he did add a little something. Oh, he, he, he was, was pretty good. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot about him. I'm sorry. Um, actually, really quick, I want to talk about the main, like the leader of the of like the pirates there for a second. Well, his name was uh, was Elgin, and he, like I thought this guy was gonna be like a big player in this movie, but he actually dies yeah. like almost right away. And and I thought when you when you saw him that he was kind of positioned to be like the next kind of like leading male character in this movie, um, similar to Hicks maybe in in Aliens. But he's just like such a a sleazeball. Like I I was yeah. not expecting that scene with like him talking about Winona Ryder. I don't know why I was just like. Man, this guy sucks. And uh, <laughs> and then they have that really weird scene where like him and Winona Ryder are like. I don't know what they're doing, but it, it's not safe for work. I'll tell you that. Um, and I was like, that's weird too. And then he just died like right away. So he was mm. a really weird character for me in this movie. So, I mean, this is like the, the, the sleaziest of the aliens. Movies. Yeah. I, I most... think it still holds that crown actually. Oh, definitely. In terms of not, not being well, gross, you know but sleazy. Hold on. Cause we haven't, we haven't seen AVPR yet. I bet you that that's might true. be. I bet you that could, could be, be a contender. Yeah. <laughs> um, sidebar: I when I was a kid, even actually now, I think I've told you this before, Goo, but like I had the biggest crush on Winona Ryder. I thought she was so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I love when Winona I was uh, when I was like one of my my favorite mo- movies as as a kid, I had the trifecta of like people I had a crush on, which was April O'Neil in Ninja Turtles, of course, <laughs> Daisy. In the Super Mario Brothers movie, and then uh, Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, th- I had big mad crushes on all of them when I was, you know. I think <laughs> I think it was uh, was Edward Scissorhands for me with Winona Ryder. I, th- I just thought okay. I was like, oh my god, she's so pretty and whatever. So I, any any time I see Winona Ryder, even today, I'm just like, it's Winona. I, lo- I love Winona yeah. Ryder. She's awesome. Yeah. I, I do too. Yeah, she's and she was great in this movie, by the way. And not everybody was. Yeah. But I, I thought she, I, you know, what, maybe I take that back. Actually, I think the acting in this movie was like pretty decent, all things considered. It's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it actually has a great cast. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's just, I honestly, it's just a weird. It's a weird script. It's a weird script. It's a weird script, and I feel like there's a lot of like over directing, if that makes sense. Like, mm. like just trying to do too much when maybe just focusing on your characters would have been okay. You know. I did like some of the, I felt like some of the, in the direction, some of the, like, it did have, like, a comedic flair to just some of the style that I kind of liked. I I was kind of into that. Mm. It was Uh, also, you know what, it was was written by uh, Joss Whedon also, and we know he's he's a sick little pervert, so maybe that that might, uh, you know, maybe it's it's like we got the perfect guy to get (laughs) that across. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, we give him two thumbs down. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I actually like really loved this uh, this next development. So so they've got these aliens 
in this cage and they they can't break out and they're trying to to tame them by by blasting them with like this freezing cold um, oh yeah kind of like james bond golden eye like frost stuff going on <laughs> and uh the aliens there's this amazing scene man i i was literally waiting to see if they were gonna have subtitles but like there's a scene where like the aliens start talking to each other and i was like are they gonna do it? Are they gonna show us like what they're actually saying? They didn't. But so what they what that they would end have up, been awesome. I was like, that, this would have been incredible. That would have been not out of bounds for the no, movie. No, seriously, I was I was sitting there and I was like, they're gonna do it. I I, I just want to know how he talks. So it's kind of weird because like, they well they start fighting each other and I was like, oh damn! But their plan, which was like, oh like this is so awesome. So there's like twelve of them in this in this cage. And they kill one of them. So one of them volunteers as tribute and decides to get killed so that his blood, which is acid, can can melt them out a right. pathway. Good stuff. Good which stuff. Which is like that's a that's another thing too, like about this continuing and going that that was an awesome scene. But like this series continuing on and going on and on. It reminds me a little bit of Jurassic Park, where it's like, why do you keep trying this? <laughs> yes. Type of thing. Well, not only that, but and, like how have you? How do you not know by this point? These guys have acid in their blood. Like, surely there must be some kind of plastic that I don't know. I doesn't. I melt. think. I think literally they thought like they're not smart enough to like kill one of them, like do something like that to escape. You know. So as long as we got them captured, we're we're fine. You know. Right. I, I well. genuinely think like they were so like so stupid to believe that that would be fine yeah i would i mean like it seems dumb but i could also like absolutely see that level of hubris if like if you know if we found an alien today right now i could see that so maybe it's not as dumb as we think maybe yeah maybe it's fitting that the general is like one of the first people to bite it like i said yeah uh so they're out the aliens are out and I was expecting this huge killing spree, which we kind of got. Like we, a people, a bunch of people are like in escape pods, and one of the aliens gets inside, and like, but yeah, you don't actually like see that. anything. It was a cool scene, but like, like the greatest scene was the general just giving a salute and then having his head bitten off. That was great. He, he like reaches back and pulls yeah. like a little piece of his brain or something. Yeah, I was like, at it. I was that was like, so what the? goofy. I loved it. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like. If you were at a theater watching that, maybe it wasn't satisfying. But the, yeah, the way the way I was watching it last night, I was like, okay, great. There's his brains. Cool. Um, yeah, so I was yeah, laughing my ass off. It was a good scene. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so we've got uh, we've got the mercenary crew, and they're uh, they they've linked up with Ripley, and uh, they've also linked up with a dude named Ren, who is like the lead scientist of this program, and his bodyguard, who is played by uh, the guy who plays Tuco in Breaking Bad. By the way, yes, Young you know Duco. what? He's he's also in uh, he's in Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, one particular episode. Um, and yeah, just love seeing him. Yeah, he, I, I, I don't even know his name, but I love that guy. Uh, yeah, he was. I, I'm sure I can uh, look it up here, but uh, yeah, I, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was really good, and it was just kind of cool to see him. Like he was kind of the badass, but like he he kind of had a little bit of a face turn actually. Like he, he eventually was like, I'm not following this doctor anymore. Like he, he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. He was actually one of them where I wouldn't say he was likable. Cause he was pretty nasty to, uh, to Winona when he found out about the twist. But like, I was a little mm-hmm. bit sad that like of all the people, like he didn't make it at the end. Cause he was so close to the, to the finish line. I, 
I felt like with him too. I also didn't feel his presence in the movie as much as it should have been. You know. Yeah, Raymond Cruz is uh, yes. is, okay. is his name, and uh, he's an awesome actor. Yeah. Yeah, like like there's a couple like there's a couple of those mercenaries. Like there's another one. Uh, there, his name was Christy, and like he was kind of cool, even though they were doing like some goofy ass like he was doing like the revolver ocelot, like fire his his revolver and like the bullet would bounce <laughs> off like six different things hilarious. and hit the target. I was like, okay, come on. Like what he was, the, he was he okay did... too, but like again, he didn't really add like, like like a whole lot. I don't know. Yeah, as a character, I feel like no, but like yeah, that those were funny. Um what was the last one he did? It was like a big it's just I don't know, there's a big reflecting bullet shot. He he got, did like, um well, so first of all, they like somebody has him at gunpoint. Like one of the military guys has him at gunpoint. That it's was like, weird. I it's like, like why wouldn't you just shoot? Like the du- these dudes have like mauled your entire crew. Like what do you like shoot him? Mm-hmm. And so he's he's just like standing there. He's like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And he's like he's standing there for so long that this guy's just like okay. Well, I'm gonna shoot the mirror. Deflects off to the pipe. It deflects off <laughs> to the desk. And like and it hits him right in the back. And I was like, okay, cool. Great, yeah. I, I was, I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's we've got our Motley crew, and they are, uh, they're, they're making their way through the ship, and they are trying to, to get to uh, the escape pod. And, and I will say, like, I do think that the pacing of like crew members going down could have been more spread out because it felt, it felt like they, there was like a cluster of them that all went at the same time, and then long periods of nothing, and then mm-hmm. another cluster. And then, like, a lot of them, like I said, just kind of made it, actually, to the finish line. So, I would have liked yeah. to see a few more, like... I could see they're, like... It feels like they are trying to emulate the aliens pacing a little bit, where it's, like, a big explosion of it, and then some more tension building to another big finale or something. Yeah. Feels, it felt a bit, like... Like, um... I don't know. It does. It doesn't work as well in this. I feel like when you don't no, have these I amazing action set pieces that kind of carry it. Well, I, I feel like too. The other thing is like in in Alien uh, or Aliens. I'm sorry. Like there's like there there is tension because like the threat isn't like I don't know exactly how to say what I'm trying to say, but like in this movie, like the threat's here and it's happening the entire time. Like there's it's a small confined space where like in Alien, it's kind of like. The threat is is lying dormant, but it's about to erupt, and like you you do have a little bit of quiet before the storm. Whereas this movie is just like it's pretty much just all storm. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, you kind of know, right? And I think that's stated right away by Ripley, which is like you're all gonna die. You know, like it's yeah. like it's here. We're already we're already mid doing it. Where yeah, like you said, in Alien and Aliens, there's that element of like like in Aliens, it's like we're gonna bring you back and it's sort of this like this horror of like Mm -hmm. like returning to it and seeking this out and where are they hiding type thing where like here it's like we got them in a cage and (laughs) guess what they got out who would have thought you know um yeah so yeah yeah i don't know it didn't it didn't work as well for me but i i really liked this scene that comes up so they're they're kind of going along going along and and Ripley finds uh, room number seven, which houses all of these other like Ripley clone experiments, which are pretty, oh, yeah. pretty gnarly, pretty wild. And uh, she does, in fact, find a Ripley Ripley clone who is still alive, but like in the worst possible way you could be alive. She's got like a a left arm where her right arm should be. She's been like surgically like 
she's like a rag doll almost. It's like mm-hmm. very horrifying, very, very horrifying. And she's all she could say is like, kill me, uh, which is <laughs> yeah. like, damn. But yeah. I, I like the scene. This is a good scene. That really played into the whole thing I was saying about like, like Ripley, the character just becoming more like malformed almost over time. Yeah. Like not just physically, but it kind of represents her character's growth almost of being, you know, repeatedly brought back into these situations. Yeah. But then, yeah, when she says, kill me, uh, and they, and, and she pulls the, the flamethrower on her. I would have been like, not like that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's, it's like, quick. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, that's that's a horrible way to go. <laughs> well, I mean, like you're probably you're probably done in a couple seconds, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got it's got to be no worse than that... sitting there with like feet for arms and whatever else they've done to her. Who God, who knows what? But that happens. The that's that happens to Alice in a in Resident Evil as well. Like, isn't there like doesn't she have to like kill off a bunch of uh, the clones or whatever? I don't. I don't remember. I know that all, all of her clones, uh, all of her clones get killed off somehow. I know that. Oh, they they sacrifice themselves to infiltrate Umbrella. Yeah, uh, so and <laughs> one of the best scenes in Resident Evil, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I can't help but think like that is inspired by like if not this movie, like just Alien as a franchise. I feel like mm-hmm. there's some elements of Ripley in that and i only bring this up because of the alien versus predator <laughs> situation <Yeah. laughs> uh well, you know what actually we skipped over something too with winona's uh character uh we keep calling her winona her character's name is call but whatever um i so could she, i can't remember anyone's ron perlman oh uh, I, I have no idea what his what his name is um when, yeah. when i mean to be fair Endorf. like it's not like there's lots to these characters like they're there to die right like are they most of them are but um, yeah. So Winona, when she when she actually first meets uh, Ripley, she offers to kill her because she assumes that like something is similar is probably happening with her. Although she doesn't know that like this Ripley is kind of like the most, I guess, complete or perfected version of Ripley. So she does kind of have mm. some. Um, I don't know what the word is. Benevolence. It probably isn't the right mm. word, but like at least good intentions, maybe. Too yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that aspect of of her character is like, is that a, this is a valid uh, this yeah. is a valid option for her is just to end it all type. Yeah, yeah, it's a little dark, but yeah, it was, but like it makes like it makes sense, like you know, and at this point she thinks that the alien is inside of her, so she's like, I'll, I will kill you now and and just end it quietly and peacefully, which I I thought was kind of um, daring. Um, and we learn a little bit about Renona actually, but before we get there, I do want to talk about one scene. So they eventually they get to this impasse where they're like, okay, the only way to get to this escape sequence or escape pod is to like swim through this kitchen uh, yeah. and get there. I thought this scene was super cool. This was a cool scene. It looked awesome. Like filming underwater, yeah. the aliens were in the water looking like sharks. Um, but I yeah, will say, gonna... I thought that, like, the one girl that didn't make it, I thought that death was so lame. Because I was like, first of all, like, right before everybody jump, jumps in, she looks, like, all frazzled and stuff like that. And it's like, are you like, are you going in? Like, what's going on? Like, go. And then she just kind of, like, I don't know. It was very, it was lame, I thought. It was a lame death. I did like the bubbles. The bubbles, and then it, like, 
transition to the next scene. I thought that would look cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like. I thought the whole. I, I thought the whole like scene looked really cool. Like the the blue popped off, looked very vibrant, and like man, the way the way they were swimming like little sharks. Like oh, that was great. Although I expected them to be faster in water. You yeah, know? I was like, how long can you hold your breath for, dude? I can hold my breath oh, for like maybe very... one minute, maybe. These guys yeah, were under there for like a... ten minutes. I was like, no way. Come on. This reminded me of um, there's a classic uh, uh, disaster movie called the Poseidon Adventure where a boat, a cruise boat or whatever, flips upside down. <clears throat> and one of the climactic parts is um, they have to like swim under like a part and get, you know, to another part. And it, mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of that a lot where it's like where I don't know, like thinking about that, like holding your breath that long does scare me <laughs> yeah dude totally and these guys would have been so like so dead but it was actually kind of cool because like the aliens set a huge trap for these guys where like they knew that they were going to try and get to the other side and um and on the on the uh i guess surface like once they made it across there was like a million face huggers there waiting for them so it, oh, it was yeah. very cool like a show of intelligence like very, very cool. I scene. like that a lot. Like yeah. the aliens, like outsmarting them. That was pretty cool. I was surprised though, like if they, because originally there was that film over top of it, so it's like if these guys would have drowned, then they would have had no hosts for their aliens. So it's like they should have just let them come right out. Yeah, true, true. You know, maybe maybe they need them. You know, they could yeah. get by without them. Yeah, maybe. It's, I they maybe they just kill for fun. You know. They probably do, yeah. The predators do. The predators <laughs> do it as a uh, as a passage of uh, passage of time, right? Not a, no, not a passage, a rite of passage. Right that's, that's what I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, they probably. I mean, they do it to probably pass the time too. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, well, it seems like they could, uh, like with Brad Dorif, they can just take their corpses and throw them on the pile or whatever. And yeah, that, that's true. Okay, yeah. So, well, actually, <clears throat> what we find out at the end of the movie is it it seems like maybe they don't do they not need face huggers anymore that that is true <laughs> actually that is true um i don't maybe, know what they need maybe I don't it's like know a slow need, but... transition I, I don't know but but it's pretty gnarly yeah <laughs> it's pretty gnarly it, we'll get, we're gonna get there in a sec but uh so i actually i thought i'm a sucker and i was just like so uh, the the group gets up, they make their way through all the uh, the facehuggers and stuff like that, and they get their way to the door, and they've they're still lugging around this Ren, this Doctor Ren guy, this evil scientist, and they also picked up this bloke who has an alien inside of him, and is he, like he's got like a couple hours before you know his chest gets burst, and it, which seems like the worst idea ever to take him. By the way, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Like, what are you guys thinking? <laughs> yeah, um, no way. I think they yeah. gave a reason, but I was like, mm-mm, no. I, they wanted to freeze him and then somehow take it out, and I was like, you you mm. gotta know there's no taking this out. Like, you gotta know that. Why did any of them care about that, either? I, <laughs> I don't... Well, it, it, it was Winona that was really passionate about saving him, which I actually love because, like, there's a scene where, where Dr. Ren shoots Winona, and she falls back into the water, and I was like, oh my god, they, they killed her. She's dead. This sucks. And uh, she she makes it back and, and kind of saves everybody. And it is revealed, in fact, that Winona is a robot. Although, 
Although she's not like a, the typical android that we've seen in the past, not like uh, not like any of the other guys, like Bishop, anything like that. She is in fact a robot designed by other robots. So there was a hmm. a certain element of like not not like classism, but like uh, like she she's looked at as a lesser byproduct because she was made by other robots themselves and like i think that this would have been like i think and still is like super super interesting to explore in the world of aliens and it it almost kind of gave me like blade runner vibes actually because like in in 2049 like the replicants are able to to kind of start reproducing by themselves and i don't know i I thought this was like a really cool twist actually and i totally forgot Mm -hmm. about it totally yeah i feel like um yeah, I feel like it feels underexplored in the movie or whatever. It, it does, are, yeah. There are L aspects to her character that I do really like, though. But like, like particularly the scenes between her and um, Ripley, yeah, were I I thought were really good. But yeah, it feels like um, actually I don't know. I could see I could have I could have foreseen if the movie was more well received or whatever, like a good like a pretty good movie that would involve the two of them. Like a, as yeah. a, you know, a two a two piece movie almost. I I could have even seen again if if everything had went right for this movie, it, it kind of felt like they were passing the baton in in a way from Ripley yeah. to to Winona because like I think that like you know how many times are you gonna bring Ripley back in these different scenarios and like I guess they could have kept mm-hmm. on with like the Ripley clone but like Winona I thought was like a really could have been a viable option to, to kind of carry that franchise forward. Um, and especially like, I, I really liked it. Cause like, and, and aliens kind of explored this as well with, with Bishop, but like, she's the most humane by far person mm-hmm. on, on this ship. And, and of course she's not human. So there's kind of those, uh, existential questions that they, they kind of have a Ripley and, and Winona have this conversation, about like what it means to be, they don't overtly say like what it means to be human, but like they're they're more or less talking about that. Ripley's asking her why she cares about everybody and why she why she's doing what she's doing, and like I, I just I think that you know I'm I'm a sucker for kind of science fictiony AI kind of business, which also by the way, very Metroid other M, and uh, and yeah, I, I thought it was super interesting and, and just super like something that could have been explored more. Yeah, definitely. Like in terms of like the AI type characters we've seen so far, like, like approaching that aspect of their character. I feel like it's kind of the most, um, underdeveloped of the four movies we've watched, but like, yeah, it's different in the other ones. Like in, in the first movie, it's very, it's, it's a small facet of the overall plot, but it's very, it's a very like effective moment. Whereas, like, uh, you know, it's not to the later ones. They start kind of making them bigger characters that lean into that stuff. And especially the movies from going forward from here, that becomes, I think, the main... Yeah, I think really. the main aspect of the series. Like, I, I think... Like, kind of interesting. The... Yeah, like, the shift from, like, the character that it focuses on. Like, you, you do have your kind of heroic characters in this series going forward, but, like, it's it really becomes about like the androids and their relation to what is human, what is not as, and I'm really excited to talk mm-hmm. about that going forward, um, which we're, we're not quite there yet, but we'll, we'll get there soon. But uh, it's, I, yeah, I thought, I thought it was super interesting and, and something that I think can still be like explored in a more like 
I don't know, in, in a better way. Because, like, I, I feel like a lot of these alien movies have, like, these kind of under... Like, a lot of them kind of have a subtext of, like, almost, like, android rights. Or, like, an, like what are these androids to people? But it's uh-huh. never the focus of, of the movies. Or never even, like, a big focus of, like, this, of a subplot. It's just kind of something that's sort of there. So, I like, I would love to see that yeah. more going forward. And we kind of do yeah, an it, alien covenant, yeah. but just, like, really prevalent, <clears throat> I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the biggest one I can think of. Whereas, like, yeah, also in Aliens, it's like it's more just sort of a twist on yeah her expectations, and he just is like the cool thing about it is that Bishop is kind of just like one of the one of the crew, and he has his own, you know. Well, even like Alien was kind of arc. like that. That uh, Bishop in Aliens was kind of a twist on what we learned about. Um, yes. Uh, who was the android's name in the first one? I can't uh, remember this. Ash. Ash, yes, thank you. Uh, a twist on what we learned about Ash, because now we kind of in, in assume that all these androids are, like, evil and, and stuff like mm. that. So, um, yeah, I would I would love more of that. I thought it was great. Um, and you know what else yeah. is great? So this Dr. Ren guy, this evil dude, he's finally getting his, uh, his just due here. And he... Uh, <laughs> So the guy, the guy that has the alien inside him, one of the guys that the pirates actually picked up. So they picked up this guy and like he was impregnated with an alien. This this alien is about to burst out of his chest at any moment. So he starts beating the shit out of Dr. Ren, gets behind him, gives him like a bear hug and like the alien burst through both of their (laughs) chests. I was like, okay, this is Yeah, that's the one that was was good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like that. I like the brain. The brain one was pretty good. I mean, it was funny, but I, I can't I can't tell you that I thought it was a good death. It wasn't like <laughs> okay. it wasn't just like oh, <laughs> like sure. Um. So yeah, and and also at this point too. So Ripley has uh, fallen. She's fallen and went mm-hmm. down into I don't know what that is, but like the the inner sanctum where the queen. Uh, oh, I almost okay. called her the queen Metroid, but like the queen alien is. Oh my god! So this is the yeah the most. Uh... So it's it worth mentioning. <laughs> it's worth mentioning that um, Ripley, Ripley Eight, the clone Ripley, has certain properties of the aliens' um, genetics in her, like genetics. So, like her, her blood is acidic, mm-hmm. and she has like the genetic memory and stuff like that. But we we learn that um, the aliens also inherited some of Ripley's not abilities, but like genetics, I guess. So this alien queen has ovaries and is giving birth to, to an alien. And this is the most gnarly scene in this whole movie. Yes. And all, all this explained by Brad Dorif also. Yeah. Who's, he's who's just face. hanging there cocooned up. Couldn't be happier to be there. Yeah. This is, yeah. So there's wild. like a, it's yeah, like the the thing of like in all these movies, like Ripley becoming more connected to the aliens and the aliens becoming more connected to her results in yeah, it giving birth to a oh human a human alien hybrid. Oh. <clears throat> it's like pale white, right? And it's it looks like a like a xenomorph, but like also a skeleton. Uh, I I actually thought it looked pretty sweet. Like in I a think really it looked cool, horrifying, ugly, disgusting way. <laughs> the things like sl- they're all slimy, but 
the thing about it that works is like it it looks just like pathetic enough and i don't say pathetic Mm -hmm. as in like it doesn't look good but it's just like it looks like like a child that doesn't know what's going on like it looks very um lost and like very mama it should have said mama oh my god (laughs) they have brad dorf go like i think seer it's mother or whatever so so yeah so like this thing pops out of the the womb of of this alien queen goes towards this alien and rips its face off so like the alien queen is done she's Mm. she's dead and this thing turns around and looks over at ripley and thinks that it's her her mom i don't know it thinks ripley is the mom of this alien baby hybrid thing and man i and also he bites the head off brad dorf which is great but uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's cool. laughs> but i don't know if i don't know if this was the intention or not but man i immediately was just like oh this little guy and then like he thinks ripley's his mom and she starts hightailing it away as fast as she could and i was like this poor guy oh uh, you know, yeah his mom just ran away like so uh so, maybe yeah. they could have saved the little goober <laughs> i don't know man so um and by the way so so everyone's on the escape ship now and by the way well, I was I had this thought, but like you know how in like every Metroid game at the end of the game there's like an escape sequence where like it counts down and, and everything like that. Yeah. I was like, you know what the alien equivalent to that is? Is like them getting on the ship to get away, but like the alien is also stowed away on the it's, escape yeah. ship. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it's always there and I love it. The classic gimmick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like I just I'm seriously just like completely charmed by it because I knew it was coming and I was I was just like, Yes, here we go. It's so funny because it's like why it's every time. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so the the little baby has has made it on and uh it totally eats the head of Raymond Cruz, which was uh, pretty gnarly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But dude, oh my god, I I don't know if this is the intention of this movie to make me hate Ripley, but at the end of it, oh. so Ripley cuts herself throw some acid blood on like the little uh that was awesome the little <laughs> window oh so there's like this there's like this little hole it's like it's like an inch big but like it's the vacuum of space is like sucking everything out of it and this poor baby xenomorph gets pulled up against it and like it's blood and body start like getting sucked out through this hole and it's gross and horrifying and this poor little thing looks so betrayed and devastated and like Ripley's crying because like it's oh my god this is like the most wild scene in this movie even more wild I think than the actual giving birth part it's like it's like guts coming out of the little hole it's like yeah that's why I was thinking that's like one of the best (laughs) well I was I was thinking like the human deaths but that's yeah that's the very pretty incredible oh my god but yeah it's also very sad it's like crying and it's like almost sounds like it's speaking English right it's like it's like help me or something that it sounds like it's you know pleading for help and uh yeah it's really sad I felt horrible watching this I was like Ripley what are you gonna do how could you you can't keep that thing. You well, I, I, you're, you're right, but it's just like... Maybe she could have. I, I mean, I'm sure Ripley would have been fine. If she wanted to rule the world, <laughs> she probably could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But although, how is that thing going to... Does that thing give birth to? Who's going to... I don't know how the whole xenomorph anatomy works, but... Yeah. 
that's the last one. So maybe it could have just been a one-off. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this, there's, there's good ways to die and there's bad ways to die. And that was a bad way for that poor little guy to, to die. Oh my God. My heart was like broken watching this scene, man. I was like, Oh my God, this poor thing is being sucked out of like a hole. That's like an inch big into, into space. Terrible. It, it really gets you thinking like in aliens, we see that, I mean, maybe it's just an animal instinct, but like, you know, Ripley goes in the way she kind of saves the day in that as she knows like hey this thing wants to protect its offspring yeah and then in like this one we see that they're like intelligent and they're like scheming or whatever and then you kind of feel bad for this guy you're starting to be like yeah i don't know it's like slowly starting to turn are these things like these unkillable like death machines or whatever or do they have uh i feel like i feel like that's that's an maybe it's an interesting thing thematically with like the character of Ripley, but it also is right. It, like it's a thing that you don't think about in the first one because it's like part of it is you don't know, you don't know. And, the, but it's like, as yeah. we learn more about them and more adds to the like lore of them, it, it does get a little strange, you know, <laughs> but I could see them going with that in future movies, but I feel like they, that's not, that's not been an element going forward. Like, well, you, you kind of made the Jurassic Park analogy earlier where, like, the newer Jurassic Park movies have kind of, like, have, like, the raptors as, like, good guys almost. Like, they were able to be trained and, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I think if this franchise would have continued on the, that path, maybe it's something similar. Because, like, I think this movie does kind of get you, it makes you sympathetic towards the alien, or at least it did for me. Because I was like, these guys didn't ask to be picked up on the planet. Like, they didn't ask to be, you know, experimented mm-hmm. on. And, like, they didn't ask to be born the way they were and and i think that like the the prequels try and almost like reverse engineer that feeling a little bit by showing you like i think david is trying to do some of that yeah right? that's the name of the character yeah. yes um so i i think they're trying to to make you more unsympathetic to the xenomorphs in those movies by showing you kind of the cold creation of them in a way but uh certainly mm. watching this movie i i felt for for those for those xenomorphs and whatever this new xenomorph hybrid was because i was like oh <laughs> man it, re- it reminded me of and it's this probably comes out like years a few years later but that the one the land of the dead movie uh the one with johnny legs and dennis hopper oh, where yeah. like the zombies in that start to like become intelligent and there's yeah. some you kind of like uh, well actually that happens in in uh dawn of the uh, day of the dead as well uh, there's one guy in that, but that just that whole series where it's like they slowly are developing intelligence. I don't think that's, I don't think that's what's happening with the aliens. I feel like they're presenting it as like, maybe it is, maybe they are like slowly getting smarter. But I guess in aliens, don't they kind of, yeah, trick I, them I and think, trap them too? I think so. they've always been intelligent. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's they get around somehow. I mean, I guess I guess it's through infecting others, but you know, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, like I, I do think that this movie did take kind of a like a cool, different road in in kind of making you empathize with the aliens a little bit more. I'm sure it was intentional. Like that last scene, I'm sure that they they knew that like our audience, the audience was going to empathize with that little guy getting sucked out and, and blown out. So, um, it's I an think interesting we've got potential sequel. This sequel could still exist to this with Winona Ryder and uh sigourney weaver and it should be about 
uh, them making like first contact with this alien species and like, uh, you know, like maybe come getting a treaty going or something. Maybe seems like they could. <laughs> they can. Uh, <laughs> I, seems like she has develop an emotional connection with them. You know, I, I feel like yeah, if they could. They just need to understand each other. They just need to uh, right, you exactly. know, come to terms. And like, if the humans would stop messing with these xenomorphs, maybe they could live in some sort of harmony. Yeah, I mean, it really is their fault. Yeah, and I <laughs> think that they should leave. Them I out. think mo- the the movies, all four of them, have done a very good job of always establishing that like the real villain is is humanity. <laughs> For, and like, yeah, yeah. Um, and For this movie sure. was, of course, no different. But it just again, it kind of gave Ripley those shades of gray. And and for what it's worth, too. We visit Earth for the first time ever in in the the movie franchise so far, and Earth is foobard. Um, it's and I, horrible, yeah. And so the 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 ship um, that they were all on actually does crash. So we we glossed over this, but it has like an emergency retreat function actually. So if anything goes wrong, the ship automatically goes back to Earth. But the problem is, is that it's just going to crash into Earth, which eventually it does. And um, the planet is, like, completely destroyed by this point. And I yeah. don't know if it's because of that crash or if it was already kind of like that. I think it was already kind of like that. I think so. I think that's the idea. Though, I guess, the, where are they sending these people from? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's other parts of Earth that are better. <laughs> uh, maybe, but... Uh, Earth... I mean, you know, it's a big planet. Earth looked looked pretty bad. Looked pretty bad when he got there. See, Which I, I think it was like fitting actually, because it's like it shows you again humanity is like the real villain because we've killed this one world, our world, and you know you're you're almost spreading throughout the galaxy with this horribleness. I think they're inevitably they're going to make another alien movie because it's a big franchise, and I don't. At some point, they're going to run out of uh, runway. Of, of these prequels, so maybe they make a follow-up to this, mm-hmm. and we get Planet of the Aliens, you know? Um, there is... I know that there's another alien movie in the works. Um, our pal... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Our pal um, uh, David Lasby was was talking about it the other day, and it's it's actually supposed to be directed by uh, Fidi Alvarez. And uh, Fidi oh. Alvarez has done stuff like Evil Dead, um, Don't Breathe, so... Could be yes. kind of cool. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. See if um, that takes off. I could also, you know what? Now that this is such a popular thing, I I could see one thing they would do is, yeah, we're just gonna make Alien Three again. Like we're gonna erase everything <laughs> except for, you know, like three and four. I could see th- maybe not the prequels, but I could see them being like, yeah, we're like, we're gonna get yeah. rid of the like quote unquote bad ones and just bring back uh, Sigourney Weaver because. You know what? What else do you do sometimes when you run out of? Yeah. You know your your juice. You just spam what you know is successful. I, I mean, like they could also do. I could see them doing like a, a, a sequel to to like the Alien One and Two specifically. While they don't necessarily ignore what happened, or like they don't not you know acknowledge what happens in Alien Three and Four, but like maybe they could do kind of like the Logan Road. Like where it's like old Sigourney kind of bringing up a new generate a new younger someone like I, that. Oh, kind of, yeah. That story is a little bit cliche, but like I feel like when it's done right, it really works well. Um, so they could do that too. I don't know, but uh, so yeah, I mean, this is the last ride for as of right now. It's the last ride for Sigourney Weaver as as Ripley, mm-hmm. and like even though her character was like a little bit off in this movie, um, 
certainly, I think, like, one of the greatest action heroes in the history of cinema. Like, yeah, no, no qualms about that. Yeah, um, yeah, like, Sigourney Weaver can really carry a movie for sure. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, regardless of, like, the quality of this, it's like, yeah, she's awesome. And, yeah. And, like, <laughs> she, she just knew that character, like, so well and, like, so... Mm-hmm. Like, she was so good at it, and, like, even when, like, the script is wonky and there's weird things going, like, you still... Even, like, even to me, like, feeling that Ripley was a bit off in this movie, I, I almost feel like she was off because Ripley was so, like, the Ripley that I knew and, like, Ripley that I loved... Um, which maybe I was just like, well, this is a clone, so it shouldn't be like that. But either way, Mm -hmm. it was like, she was so like, just, you know, like Ripley is just so in charge. So awesome that, uh, she's, she's just like commanding of, of the screen. So it was a, it was a great, I can't say it was like the greatest send off for Ripley, but like, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it was good to see her one last time as Ripley doing her thing, you know, kicking alien butt and, uh, in, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's a, uh, it's a sad farewell to the, uh, to one of the greatest action heroes of all time. But it does kind of give us some new opportunities going forward for other different characters to emerge. As you know, we'll talk about David in, uh, in the next movie, um, and mm-hmm. his kind of growth and arc and stuff like that. And uh, there's not really anybody in AVP that kind of springs to mind as like a, a great character. But there's some fun, there's some fun moments in that movie. I think the the predator is the best character in that movie. He's... Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, that movie was written by a predator, so yes, it's <laughs> yeah. predator predator propaganda. Yeah. So yeah. maybe uh, we'll have to go. I guess because we've been more alien based. If we could find a uh, predator based podcast, maybe we can go uh, kick their ass or something. I don't know. Maybe we could. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we gotta debate them over uh you know what alien versus predator you know what we'll do to sometime on patreon we'll uh i'll release goo and i did an episode about prey actually which was which is awesome oh yeah sick movie mm-hmm. I'll, I'll release that maybe at some point in the future so you can hear our thoughts about that so just to give you a little bit of the, the predator perspective as well so um so yeah i don't know goo i guess so we're at the end of our ripley journey and we have two different options here. We could pivot and go the AVP route and kind of because those are next like chronologically. In, yeah. In the in the obviously mix of they're not uh, not canon or whatever. No, but I I still would like to cover them on on Alien in Review. Mm-hmm. Or we could keep going with the with the story, which obviously next will take us to Prometheus. I don't know. Do I do I get a vote? <laughs> I, I think that you actually get the pick because I'm good either way. Okay. I I mean we've already t- covered it, but it's been a while. But I think we should do well. We've done both, but we should do AVP again. Okay, done. I, I kind of want to because I think we're also sort of it, not fully, but we've kind of been tracking like the development mm-hmm. of the series in a way, and like I see this whether you like it or dislike it, it's kind of an interesting facet of the series that they actually did this. Like it's like a crossover movie before those were a big thing and i mean actually at this period crossover movies were a big thing there's your freddy versus jason i was gonna say i remember seeing that like theater that. with my dad i love that movie oh, love it yeah, yeah i love it but we'll cover that someday yeah <laughs> but yeah i think we should i think we should do the avp movies for okay. sure that's done okay well All then right. we we return Sweet. we're taking a break from the main story but we're going into uh 
you know, non-canon land, and we're going to cover AVP. It's a wild movie. I've never seen AVPR either, and I... Me either, yeah. I'm stoked, because I've heard that movie is, like, slimy, skeezy, horrible, like, not good at all. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm really Ooh. looking forward to all that. Right. Uh, okay, well, yeah. there it is. Alien in Review, Alien Resurrection... Weird movie, very weird movie, very Metroid mm-hmm. Other M, but I think it's worth checking out just to complete the story of Ripley and um, bring her kind of journey full circle. So um, check it out. And you can check Goo and I out, by the way. We do all kinds of movie reviews over on Virtual Theater, podcasts about uh, video game movies and the stories that shape them. But, you know, we've also covered a lot of different movies. We've, we, In fact, we've talked about Prometheus and AVP before in, in kind of short form, so I'm excited to talk about them again in longer form, but man, we we do. I can't even tell you the amount of shows and movies and topics that we've covered there. It's staggering, staggering. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check us out. Uh, Goo, oh, please. Thanks for hanging with me. Thank you. It was a lot of fun this as always. Fun. I love doing Alien and Review, and I'm excited for AVP. I actually can't wait to do AVP. So uh, we'll have to get that done soon. Um, all right. Well, there it is. Go and check us out uh, over on Twitter. You can check us out over at Omega Metro Pod. Me at Spateri three sixteen and goo at gooey fame and follow virtual theater x while you're there too that's uh obviously our our show account where you can get our updates new episodes all that kind of stuff uh check out omega metroid wherever you get your podcast like subscribe five star reviews would be sweet and check out omegametroid.com for all of your metroid needs if you are stuck in a metroid game baby we got you covered there guides maps all that good kind of stuff uh check us out and if you want to take your membership to the next level Uh, consider supporting us over on Patreon. we got a bunch of different bonus shows going on. The Great Metroid Area Ranking is going strong, Goo. I actually upped the ante. I'm going to do three. I'm doing three areas this month. Wow. Well, because... What are you finding with your list? What's your... I was... um, What are you seeing? I was finding that... I'm, I'm still trying to determine exactly what makes an area, like, stick out and what I value in, in areas. Because, like... You know, you and I did the one where it was kind of like the two intro areas, and then um, I had uh, um, uh, Daniel on with me to do uh, the last two areas, and those were kind of like the gauntlet areas. We did we did Ridley's Lair from Nestroid, and we did Phase on Mines, and so it was like, well, oh. like both of these kind of have like a bunch of different value, but like what do I like better? So it's kind of a cool journey, and I wanted to get three in there for next month so that we can really start kind of. I, I'm going to bring it back down to two once we have a longer list, but like just to get them on the board and kind of do that analysis and, and comparison. It's, it's been really fun actually so far. Okay. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. I'm glad it's working. I'm glad it's going good. It's going great. And that is, uh, of course over on our Patreon. So, uh, so check it out. It's, uh, it's very, very fun so far. So, um, yeah, that being said, we're going to get out of here. If you've never seen, or you haven't seen alien resurrection in a long time, I'd recommend checking it out. Uh, you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time. Um, all right, that's it for us. We will see everybody here next week. Goo, let's get back to Zelda. Ciao, oh, please. <laughs> bye bye. <Okay. laughs> Screw.